Hey, welcome back to Mornings with Simi. I'm Jazz Johal. Thank you for joining us uh, this morning. Well, there's lots to unpack from yesterday's press conference with Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix, and no better person to speak uh, and help us unpack uh, some of the information from yesterday's press conference in Vancouver Sun's Provincial Affairs uh, columnist, Vaughn Palmer. Hi, Vaughn. Good morning, Jazz. Your pandemic pessimist here again. <laughs> I think all of us uh, are trying to be good Canadians, remain optimistic, but it's 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 challenging. You're absolutely right, Vaughn. It is very challenging. Yeah, no, I mean, there's been more than, you know, must be approaching 250 of these pandemic briefings now since, uh, you know, in the last two years with uh, Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix, and I, I've either covered all of them or read the transcript afterward or done both and i have to say uh maybe it's just the season and me being discouraged but this may be the most depressing one yet oh. I realize there's nothing funny about that but one might as well try to just yeah say it. it's uh uh, I, you know, I, I, it's discouraging on so many fronts, and and look, partly because, and I, I have to say it, uh, Jazz, because you know we've been following this now for a, for a, a few weeks. Omicron is moving a lot faster than the BC government. Yeah, no, I was just speaking to uh, an epidemiologist from the University of Saskatchewan about uh, uh, twenty minutes ago, and I did ask him. I said, "Would you know? It's very difficult to sort of gauge this, but what jurisdictions doing it well?" And and he mentioned to me um, that Ontario and Quebec, which have the biggest challenges, are moving the fastest and are doing a good job overall. And I asked him about British Columbia, and it sort of echoed what you've been talking about, maybe a little too slow, a little too timid. I uh, really was concerned about um, a rollout of booster doses and rapid tests, and that we need to be moving a little bit faster as well. Yeah, I mean, it should be to our advantage that other places had more cases faster than we did, because there's we're not... We're not repealing all the scientific reasons why this thing spreads faster. So all we know is that we got more time to get ready for it, and Mm -hmm. that's been obvious for a few weeks. I was really struck by a couple of things that Dr. Mm -hmm. Henry said. One of them was hope is not a strategy. Well, you know, she was asking, what have you learned most in the two years you've been dealing with this? And, and, And she said the importance of humility. So that's... That is important, you know, that uh, we recognize that whatever plans you've laid out, uh, what is it, I believe it's a, it's a Yiddish proverb, man plans, God laughs. Well, mm. I think that's probably true for women as well. So, you know, I, I, so that, in a weird way, I found that encouraging. Like, that is important. Whatever you've said, whatever you've planned, whatever you've done, COVID has other plans, and we have to keep adjusting to it. Do you, do you, do you think the government, um, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, it, it, how challenging is it for elected officials and government uh, to bring the public along uh, as we head into year three next month? It's, yeah, you know? it's huge. You know, I, it's interesting. I noticed the clips uh, that NW is playing on the news. Um, you know, Adrian Dix is, uh, and Dr. Henry both, this is complicated, and there are a whole bunch of fronts on which you have to manage, and everything is in motion, and it requires some nuance to explain everything you're doing, but the, the thing, Jazz, you've talked about on the radio is pandemic fatigue, people fed up. It's not a time for nuance, right? So I think the job they have of explaining and rationalizing and justifying what they're doing is getting tougher all the time because I think those of us 
you, me, everyone else in the news media who one of our jobs is just to explain what's happening and why it's being done that way. Um, that's getting tougher as well. And obviously, the public health officials, the job is much tougher than we are. Um, I was struck by something else she said yesterday, and I, and I think this raises a, an interesting question for everyone. Mm-hmm. Dr. Henry said yesterday that sooner or later and probably sooner, we're all going to be exposed Yes. COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the question that jumps out of that right away is, well, if we're all going to be exposed to it, what the hell's the point of all the lockdowns and restrictions and everything? Well, the answer to that is they're trying to slow it down to get more of us vaccinated, including those boosters that we all need to be safer, mm-hmm. and also to keep the healthcare system from being overwhelmed. If you go back to the first wave, remember when they canceled all the surgeries yep. and everything, that was designed to keep the healthcare system from being overwhelmed. It is true, as we know from the data, that if you're fully vaccinated, and that now includes a booster shot as well as two shots, you're much less likely to get a severe case of COVID-19 than the unvaccinated. But even if it's only a small percentage of the vaccinated who get it again, and it's only a small percentage of people who get a severe case, given the number of cases we're looking at, the way the case count is doubling, the healthcare system could still be overwhelmed. Yeah. I recall last week uh, hearing the number of 2,000 as a worst-case scenario. Yeah. That's gone now, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to yeah. be worse Yeah, I mean, that. again, Dr. Henry, pretty sobering. You know, she said, yeah, I know I told you a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> on Friday and I gave you scenarios, and including a worst-case scenario, jazz, as you say, 2,000 cases. But then she said she spent all weekend talking to colleagues elsewhere, and not just here in Canada, but in the U.S. and around the world. And by Sunday, she said, and and looking at the numbers in British Columbia, uh, she said, you know, everything she said last week, uh, the the last week's best case scenario, forget it, we're probably looking at the worst case scenario. And we saw the numbers yesterday, right? A record number of cases, 1,300 cases in a day. And the way it's going, that is not the, the highest number we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, one of the other issues, um, Vaughn, with, with the uh, provincial health measures that were announced, uh, we had Ian Tostenson yesterday, and, yes. and he was mentioning that, look, um, if restrictions are brought in, capacity restrictions, this will be tougher for us than a year ago when we at least had federal government support and some provincial support. I had Ravi Kellon on yesterday talking on a different issue, but I did throw the question at him in regards to p- potential help, and he danced around it a little bit, but I suspect something may be coming. Are you getting that type of inkling as yes. well? Yes. So I heard you this morning, Jess, reading the letter from the the gym operator who said she'd done everything she's supposed to do and she's still being shut down. And I heard from a different gym operator saying exactly the same thing. And I know the media is getting these. We're hearing from restaurants that are looking at losses again. Uh, Toward the end of yesterday's presentation, Mike Farnworth, who's Deputy Premier, as well as Solicitor General, was asked about that. And he said, look, we're laying out the health care restrictions right now, but the Cabinet Committee on these issues is meeting, and hang in there, Ravi Kalan will have something to announce very soon. So I think... It's not surprising the government is scrambling to deal with the health care challenges first, but I think the only thing you can say, it may be small consolation to businesses out there, but I do think a new rescue package is coming. It may well be that the Prime Minister will be saying the same thing when he briefs us at 9 o'clock. 
This is really a scramble, but I do think that the governments have recognized they're going to have to help businesses to keep them from sinking below the water because, Jazz, as you know, a lot of businesses were already driven to the wall in the first, second, third, and fourth wave. The fifth wave is not going to be any different. One final question for you. Uh, we've talked a little bit about um, booster doses and, and, and British Columbians wanting to get that booster dose as fast as possible. Where are we on rapid tests? Just for some clarity in regards to yesterday's press conference. Well, where are we on rapid tests? They still, I mean, look, clearly they blew it on it. They didn't get the right kind of tests. They, they, Dr. Henry doesn't much like tests. Uh, she, she ex- I thought the only thing useful yesterday was she had came up with a good metaphor for rapid testings. So rapid testings are a red light. If you get a rapid test and it says you have COVID-19, that means don't do anything. They are not a green light. They're not reliable in <laughs> telling you you don't have it. So you can get a green light from a rapid test and think, oh, okay, I can go to the gym and restaurant, family gathering and everything. Not necessarily. Um, Had they made that distinction right at the beginning and made them available for red light purposes, uh, I think we would have a lot more rapid testing and the public mind would be put at ease. I guess right now, Jazz, we're in the worst of both worlds where people think that rapid tests are a panacea for everything. They're useful in a limited way. Yeah. Vaughn, thank you so much for your time today. Bye-bye, Jazz.